What do you think? 750 grand, huh? We'll fudge the numbers a little. Yeah. We're just a little bit nervous. We've never made this kind of investment before. I know, I know. It's a legal description of building. It's a wooden building with windows. <laughs> <laughs> We rent the studio for a thousand and one bedroom for twelve hundred. Thirteen hundred. You should go up and down. Brand new gas stove, disposal, microwave. You have to remember that this is an investment, Patty. It's not just an investment, it's our home. Palmer, right? Goodman. Hi, Carter Hayes. Well, you've done a beautiful job here. When can I move in, Drake? You don't even know him. You don't even know his real name. It isn't Carter Hayes. Mr. Hayes? Mr. Hayes? Is that you? Mr. Hayes? Hey! He's not like anyone else. He does whatever he wants. He's changed the locks. I don't like this guy. Hayes' rent didn't come, did it? This is a sick individual, Miss Palmer. Look, I know you're in there. I can hear you in there. If he's in, he's got right. This is all happening, guys, in our home. The protagonists of Pacific Heights, Matthew Modine and Melanie Griffith, should never have been homeowners. Hollywood fiction allowed a bank to loan money to the manager of a kite production facility and horse riding trainer. The interior of this home and its subsequent rentals tells me this couple has the eye of an architect. The interiors are secondary, paint it white. In fact, if it weren't for the blood spilled during the fisticuffs with their would-be renter, we wouldn't actually see all the white people against the stark white interiors. And now, your hosts, Vince Scalia, Jeff Walensky, and Roberta Pennington, try to tear down what Hollywood has built up. It's Stark Attacks. Body double. That's a that's a good one. Guys, she just prances around in no clothes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. She, she says the line, "You can't come on my face" or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. That's why it was good. Okay. Guys, we watched a movie. <laughs> if you want to call it that. Well, you know. But before we get to talking about it, I want to introduce our guest today. It's Mr. Eliza Allen, oh, Dione Lopez. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for having me. Yay. So, Dione, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from originally? I'm actually originally from San Francisco, not Pacific Heights. I uh, couldn't afford that neighborhood, but uh, that is where I'm from. Ah, and how did you get to Portland? Um, through an old thing called school. Oh. Yeah. I went to school in Eugene at University of Oregon. Oh. And then graduated from Eugene to Portland. Ah. So I know you from working at the firm we all have worked at, and we've all kind of scattered to the four winds. (laughs) (laughs) But you left probably before the rest of us did because you wanted to branch out. You said, you know, architecture, it's all right, but... Animation was my thing. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about what you do in a day. Well, to animate, uh, generally I try to come up with something interesting or funny that uh, relates to my life and try to, instead of acting it out, 
in front of a camera because I'm not the best actor. I try to make a character on screen acting mm-hmm. out instead. <laughs> Excellent. And you also make chocolate. <laughs> the devil. <laughs> what type of chocolate do you make? Well, sexual uh... chocolate. Sexual <laughs> chocolate. Sexual chocolate. I know there's a picture of me floating around as sexual chocolate, but you might see so glow. <laughs> so glow. Love it. No, but what? Yeah, what? What type of what type of chocolate do you make? I, all sexual chocolate is sexual. Chocolate. All chocolate is sexual. Oh, well, you got man. the fun size, <clears throat> and, then and the value size. Oh yeah, that's okay. so. That's the type. Yeah, the fun size, value size, <laughs> done. I guess the easiest answer is I make chocolate bars. Bars. <laughs> I don't know if that is that really answers your question. Fun size bars. <laughs> Fun size, it's small artisanal. size. They're all different sizes. Mm-hmm. You know, some different percentages. Ooh, Vince likes to hang out at chocolate bars. Stop it! <laughs> I'd like to make some. <laughs> I was thinking I'd like to make gold bars. Ooh. <laughs> That's a good movie. Looking for Mr. Goldbar? Goldbar? Good yeah. bar. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Pacific Heights. Yeah. You mentioned Pacific Heights. Now, both you and Vince are from San Francisco, so I'm hoping to get a lot of dish about what the fuck Pacific Heights means and why the movie's called yeah. Pacific Heights. This uh, movie. Pacific Heights is the neighborhood above, I guess, the marina. It's on top on top of... Um, on, yeah, on top of Old Smoky, or oh, on... it covered with cheese? Yeah, right outside um, the. Oh my gosh, now it's so much Presidio. Yeah, it's right outside <laughs> oh, the Presidio. Um, it's it's a very exclusive neighborhood. Um, that a lot of the mansions that you see shot in Hollywood productions, or. A lot of the big mansions are, are there. I'm not sure if this house is actually in. It, it looked like it was more. It did not look like a typical Pacific Heights house. No. Um, yeah. Pacific uh, Heights is very expensive. Because that didn't it, seem very fancy. That was small by Pacific Heights standards. <laughs> that, that was an enormous Victorian house by San Francisco standards. Yeah. What? It's like a Queen Anne style Victorian. Now, um, Eminem, Matthew Modine, um, and uh, MG. Uh, Melanie Griffith. Mm-hmm. They buy this house to rent out. Now, is this house the full house house? It looks like the full house house. No, that's. I was uh, waiting for Uncle oh, Jesse. No, to come that's out. In, no. those are the Hayes ladies. Valley. Oh, area. okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate that we're now trying to figure out San Francisco yeah. geography based well, off of not television. Not only that, but I, the, I, the, the view on, that they 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 kept showing that was looking downtown from out in front of their house was actually shot from Potrero Hill, which is like diametrically on the opposite side of the city. So yeah, you wouldn't get that view from Pacific Heights. No. So the movie was called Pacific Heights <laughs> because the house is theoretically in, in Pacific, in Pacific Heights? Heights? Who knows? They must be talking about like the culture of the people in that neighborhood. Well, Just if they... like, there's a shot in the beginning where like people are taking out their garbage uh-huh. And yeah. Keaton is watching them, 
you know, saying like, oh, who's the most wealthy person? That's at least this is what I was thinking. And, and then drag two giant boxes of trash out to a corner. <laughs> well, it was just like kind of it was just <laughs> cheap. Just like he, he takes his he takes his trash out and he waves to the neighbor like. Hey neighbor, how's it going? Yeah, it was like Tales of the City. What's the, <laughs> the was... alley that they all live in? <laughs> yeah, that was about all I got from the area of where this house lived. I mean, I I don't know Pacific Heights. Wait, well, it? if they had called it Petrero Hill, no one would go to see it. Or Goat, or goat Hill or Dog Patch or <laughs> Strip. Petrero. Strip. Very true. Very true. <laughs> Do you think Michael Keaton remembers that he was in this movie? No, no. Like this movie is. It's very forgettable. You forget that Michael Keaton was in it. You, you don't care that Melanie Griffith's in it. And Eminem is in everything. He's like a golden retriever yeah. of acting. He just is, looks so happy to be there. Yeah, he's just like, I just want to be part of the team. Oh, you want to beat me up at the golf club? Okay, whatever. Hey, guys. And it's like a forgettable movie. And as we all realize that you, you, you can't find this movie anywhere. You can't find this movie anywhere. It's not online. It's if whatever. It's thank God good. we have a great it's video store here movie. that it actually still survives. One yes. copy. One copy. One night <laughs> passed around like Vince at a party. True. I wish we barely still got we we barely got this thing <laughs> watched. I'm so glad you discovered this yesterday during the day. Because yeah. usually I don't watch movies <laughs> like, till like 2 or 3 in the morning when everyone goes to sleep and I've had a nap. Because I would have just been staring like, fuck me. Fuck, fuck, fuck. fuck, fuck. It would have been a Brady Bunch moment again. <laughs> I don't think Modine or Griffith have a copy of this movie either. I would, like This movie is just like it disappeared. And this is one of the things for me is these are like one of the movies that are going to be lost because it's not going to get online. With and, good reason, though. Well, with what? good reason, but there's like a ton of movies out there that are just going to be lost because Lori there's no shines. Lori Metcalf. <laughs> there's a lot of people. A in lot this movie. of good, solid actors true. just and just showing up for a mediocre movie. If fourth billing, Mako. Oh damn! I'm like, who the fuck is Mako? But he got fourth billing. He's like Cher. He got fourth billing. Madonna. Mako. This must have been an in-between movie for most people because this was like this was after Batman. Yes, it was right. like a year or two after Batman, and then like I don't know what else happened to Michael Keaton. In and Dione, <laughs> Eliza said that you suggested this movie. I did, and I don't know. I remember. I vaguely remember this movie from my youth, mm-hmm. and I can't tell you why. <laughs> I think. I think the only reason this movie got watched or was or even got made was that Michael Keaton, like you said, out of Batman, Michael Keaton playing a bad guy. That was like the first bad guy he played, and people were like, "He was Batman. He's super. He's a super fucking hero." He, he kind of wanted was, to do the Robin Williams yeah. thing, where it's like, "I can show you that I have some range." I'm gonna play a bad guy, and I think, and I remember seeing the commercials for this movie. I was like, "Ooh, Michael Keaton's a bad guy," and he's he, Michael Keaton's awesome. He's awesome. He's not a good bad guy. The worst part no. is over. And now. he did this. He did this again a few years later with Desperate Measures, a movie with Andy Garcia who equals box office poison, a movie that's forgettable too. And he plays a bad guy too. And it just doesn't, it just doesn't register. It's cool. You like to see Michael Keaton. He's awesome, but he's just not a good bad guy. It, well, it's no multiplicity. That's for sure. Well, he's coming oh, off for, the end God, of like sure. that 80s, like everything he's in is like some kind of comedic romp where it's like, oh, yeah. Mr. Mom and Gung yeah. Ho. Yes. And he's the every man's Mr. Sargasm. Yep. Or the, um, <laughs> 
Night Shift. I mean, that's oh, really the man. that's the Michael Keaton gold yeah. standard, the right? The Squeeze with Radon Chong and Meatloaf. No one saw that. <laughs> Nobody saw that movie. I love that movie. Though. I saw that. You saw that? Okay. Yeah, I like the movie. But uh, yeah, he played a bad guy. I think this was the only reason this movie got made. It was directed by John Schlesinger, who did Midnight Cowboy, who didn't really do much kind of after. He did Marathon Man, but yeah, it's just the movie's boring. Boring. <laughs> like Michael Keaton, you know, fucking Beetlejuice. This Whoa. guy, I mean, he's great. Come he's, to get you, baby. He's great, but he like he couldn't do. He couldn't save this movie. Wait, wait. Well, if I think if he had played that Beetlejuice character in this movie, he could have saved. It. Yeah, I just need like or some old, like or really if he was doing Ratso Rizzo. Stuff. That would have been pretty good. <laughs> or like too. something that could make it a little more <laughs> over the top. Otherwise, it's like. You know, a lot of it was so internalized as he is a character that I'm still trying. To... Oh, well, you know, people trying to steal things. <laughs> Sorry, I'm yeah, distracted. It's by... the car alarm yeah. on my bike. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Is it my car? Joelle really has a problem stealing things. And <laughs> I'm just hoping it's not my car. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, but yeah, he yeah he couldn't save this movie for me. I loved him. But he couldn't save the movie. I have to say, I was delighted to see Dan Hedaya in this film. I don't know. He's if you awesome know who that too. Is. No, Dan Hedaya. That was that was probably one of the highlights. He's the lone officer. If you don't remember who he is, <laughs> he played Car- Carla's uh, yes. husband in Cheers. That's what I'm saying. He was in Cheers. He's the dad. Solid, solid, solid actors in this. Oh uh, in yeah, this movie. I liked. Um, like I had uh, Carl Lumbly because I was like trying so hard to remember who he was, but he played the the guy who didn't get the apartment. He, they lost his, yes. his credit yeah. application. Yes, yeah. who I'm pops like, up later? I'm like, what? yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, where do I know him? Where do I know him? He was Dixon on Alias. Mm. Yeah, mm. he's uh, never watched Alias. Definitely an in between movie for most people. There we go. And let's not forget Mako. <laughs> the he saving does. fucking grace of you this know, movie. If you think about our Roadhouse experience, watching Patrick Swayze do Tai Chi versus Mako doing Tai Chi. Yes, he does do Tai, tai Chi. Now, who was, was in he a, tai a, a Bond chi, movie a or something? Hmm? Mako? No. Mako, that guy was in a thousand different things. That's, that's, but I just am surprised he got fourth billion in this movie. Yes, Bond son. <laughs> Mako. Oh, yes, Bond. Yes. In uh, Japan, yeah, Missago. It's definitely a Missago Rightry kind of. They could have got Mickey Rooney to do it. That would have been perfect. Dude. I hate. When oh they my do god! This. They just like overplay. The... <laughs> or Joel Gray. Oh my lord! Hey, Rima Williams is still a good movie. I, I concur. Hey, it's the neighbors. Yeah, it's the neighbors. Missago Rightry. Ooh. All right, so sexy sax. So every time oh. <laughs> Michael Keaton showed up, sexy sax played. The uh, and uh, yeah. I think well, the saxophone was like you know late '80s, and this is what 1990. It's like yeah, that it's saxophone. You know, yeah. it's it's uh, the lethal weapon of. Oh, Riggs, this is kill me. <laughs> you know, it's, the it's sexy Hans Zimmer. sax. Hans Zimmer, did, Hans Zimmer the, yeah. did the music, and I just see him in his studio go, okay, what we need here is something sexy. <laughs> what, is, what is the most sexy thing we can put on the, yes. uh, the this uh, soundtrack? Oh, it is a... Uh, How do you say <laughs> sexy <French>. for? <laughs> the saxophone. The saxophone. <laughs> it is a... Uh, and when people think sexy... It's Michael Keaton. <laughs> He's so ugh. when he that sex scene with Beverly Beverly D'Angelo. D'Angelo. 
tits are in the house in this movie. Yeah. Right out of the box. Right out of the box. Boom, that boom. was boom. very surprising. <laughs> <laughs> boom. I know, but like watching the two of them. It was a do very weird. Do it. I just. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's that mom and dad having sex feeling like. Oh, right. Ah, I don't need to watch that. No, because you're watching, you're like, okay, oh, isn't that Michael Keaton? And it's like, ooh, you got there's some some tits here. Like, wait, oh, is that Beverly D'Angelo? Oh, wait, this is not good. So <laughs> this is this shouldn't <laughs> open up a movie. This, what this is brings this? me no, to no, no. Um, Monkey Michael Brother? Michael Keaton Michael Keaton's <laughs> mo in this movie is does he form a relationship with someone and say, hey, I want you in on this. I'm gonna like do a real estate scam of some sort. Because he's with that dude. Well, that in... Greg. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's his name. His name is Greg. Greg. Oh, that's uh, that's it's Greg. <laughs> hey, hey, Greg. Greg. <laughs> well, okay. If you read any of the trivia on IMBD, the character was supposed to be bisexual, and he was supposed to make advances at not only Melanie Griffith but at Matthew Modine as well. So I think it may have been the Greg character they were trying to play up maybe a homosexual angle similar to Bever- Beverly that's, D'Angelo when they were in That's the what desert. I was asking is if this is his MO is to kind of like hook on with someone and say I need you to help me run this scam, but yeah, I don't know cuz I didn't get I didn't give what yeah, I didn't get his MO. Like I didn't know what was driving him in his life. He was this forsaken rich kid. I'll tell you how. With I'll a tr- you, trust fund. I have it right here. Okay, The secret please. of this movie is written right here in this notebook, and it was brought to me by my own lovely husband, Robert N. Pennington. Rob told me... I wrote this down, in fact. Rob told me to write down, monkey for a brother. <laughs> monkey for a brother? <laughs> so, if you recall, the beginning of the movie... I remember that They picture. are looking through a scrapbook... And they find the picture of two boys, and yes, there is a monkey right. sitting yes. between them. That's <laughs> right. And it is also the photo that starts Melanie Griffith off on her sleuthing adventure. She finds the picture of Jimmy Danforth with two little boys and a monkey in between, and Rob's like, that's it. This is why he's crazy. He had a monkey for a brother. <laughs> <laughs> that was true. The, the monkey picture, you're like, what is this? That was so random. Monkey for a brother. And I'm telling you, the more you watch it, and you're just like, that was weird. <gasps> monkey for a brother. Monkey picture. A monkey so, brother picture. So do you think the origin of this story then was someone shuffling through those old photos in a vintage shop, and they get this picture, and they're like, two kids with a monkey. I got a script for that. Just, that, that was the muse. Yes. It all started where, with where that picture. Where are they today? I mean... Where, what happened to the kids? two kids? Okay, okay. Let's spitball this. That, so does he still own that house in Palm Desert? or I mean, I don't know what that house or, is. Or is that some... Or a yeah, condo well, or whatever the hell there. it was? She was still in it. Yeah, but didn't they is show he's... a news, like a little newspaper clipping towards the end of how he won that house from the landlord? Oh. Oh, that was... Yeah, he he screwed over another landlord. And ended, so, up, and ended up with the property. That's right. So, you know, oh and I really God, didn't, I didn't, movies. I did not go through, I know. So, um, I went through my, I did not do the due diligence of doing a background of Typical. law. I'm hoping that all of you can help me out with this. Did what happen legally in this movie, could that actually happen? Where you just show up and you flash some cash and like, don't worry, I'm good for it. Talk a good game. 
and then just start living in the apartment. Usually, there was no you have to running. you have to pay like one or two. You you have to establish that you are actually renting it, not showing up or not not paying at all is just squatting. Right. But but San Francisco, it must be said, its renters' laws are really strong. Very very strong. So my parents are property owners, and they've rented out one of our properties that we no longer own, <clears throat> and. They've talked a lot about how difficult it is to get someone to evict someone out of their yes. property. Yes, it's actually renters have much more oh. power than the landowners. Are your are your parents miserable? <laughs> because my dad also uh, has a has a building where he rents out a few apartments, and he, he he's miser he's a miserable he's miserable. He hates it. He does not want to be a landlord. He, he got it because he had an office in the, in the front. The lady who owned the building was leaving. He didn't want to be kicked out by some new owner. So he hastily bought this building and he became, by default, a landlord because there's a couple of things there. And he's, it's a miser, it's a miser, miserable. Is there any happy landlords out there? My dad's like tried, like people put locks on the doors, like so he can't get in. They put like padlocks on. They've accused him of stealing heat from their apartment, <laughs> siphoning heat away from their apartment. It's insanity. Why would anyone want to be like, like, oh, I'll make so much money doing this. It's not worth it. That's true. Definitely <laughs> not worth it. It's definitely not worth it. You go crazy and you're always worried about because you can't do anything with these tenants. Well, if you'd bought that house in Pacific Heights for 700000 in 1992, it would be worth it today. Even all the gray hair. If you didn't blow it. your fucking brains out by now. <laughs> yeah. Like it's really if, if you had left it in the state that it was and and just made the payment. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, you see a lot of that in San Francisco where nobody does any improvements to the building whatsoever and they're like, Hey man, thirty five hundred. That that studio that she could have without the fixtures could have probably rented that place out for, you know, two or three grand. But the yeah. thing is a screaming deal. They sc- didn't need to do anything to that house. No. <laughs> but the thing is he Michael Keaton didn't sign anything. No. No. He just he well, just they that, went downstairs and he was there and he was doing stuff in, inside the in, inside that, the apartment. And you slip a letter under a door and say, Hey, good news. I just uh I just contracted with PG and E to put separate meters on all the apartments, so uh bing bang boom, you're in charge of your own bill and then there's no heat. You but, know, you yeah. You and to evict somebody, it costs money. Yeah, you have to lawyer up. Oh man, it's a lot. It's it's a yeah. This movie, bottom line is, don't be a landlord. Wait a minute, but <laughs> I still. Where, how did he get keys? I mean, the front door has a lock. Right, that's a good well, point. He's what, a scam artist. He's just he's, broken. He's like extraordinary. You know, well, he scam. changed the locks. He changed locks to his apartment. To his apartment. Oh yeah, this, the front but, door. This the front movie door. actually. I don't them any keys. This this movie actually has one of those like movie memes that I hate where the suspenseful villain guy can kind of come and go in and out of people's apartments at, you know, as he pleases. There's some point where he just ends up in their apartment. Yes. You know, and he, he got in there and it was silent and I, it just seems like a lot of skills that you might not develop as a, well, as a scam artist involving real estate, it seems like you'd probably Study locksmithery quite a bit. I would have liked this better if he hadn't died at the end, if they had just sort of like turned the scam on him somehow and just left him destitute. That yeah. would have been more more fun. This movie just moved, it moved pretty 
fast. I th- I thought like he was just moved in, and then it, it was like, what just happened? Did I, I miss something? And then I looked down at my notes. I go, old White House. That's all I wrote down. <laughs> I was like, are you what? kidding? I, for a half hour, I just looked at monkey for a brother. Monkey for a brother. I'm like, what is going on in this movie? The thing I wrote down is, is he really the manager of a kite factory? <laughs> oh, okay. So this this brings up a good point. I I see him at. I see that shot of him at work talking on the phone and you see people with like all these like textiles. I'm like, is he at textile city? I'm like, what is it? Where, what does, what does he do? It I, looked, like a, it looked like a kite sweatshop. I thought I didn't it was know flags kites at first. were so lucrative. That's, that you need a manager to run the place. Yeah. So just oh, sit up there. It's like, Oh, get a house like that. I mean, he's making money. He's flying high. <laughs> Mr. Gray up in the office, man, all day long on the phone. Blah, blah, blah. Just ride my ass. But this was a kite factory. Are you serious? I think so. I mean, people were sewing flag or kites. Kite. <laughs> yeah. And then like at the, at one point she taffeta. asked how his day was and he's like, honey, it's a kite eat kite world. What? <laughs> Do not remember that line. That is so bizarre. Hmm. What is his job going to be? What is his job going to be? Well, kite architect, maker. Let's, what's next after architect? Hmm. Mm. Not a kite maker, but the manager at a kite making facility. So oh after business God. school, you know, I kind of drifted around for a while, and then I found my true love, which was the kite yeah. factory. Which is kites. I'm maybe a, he's the owner of the, he's maybe like the proprietor. He's like um, like uh, Lance Armstrong, where he became a professional uh, kite guy. Huh? And, was really big on the kite oh, on the fighting. kite flying circus. Yeah, like kite fighting, and he really got well known. So he wanted to branch out and brand his it's name. Like, it's like Kumite with kites. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so he thought, I'll I'll make my own brand of competition kites for fighting. I don't know what. What? <laughs> Where do they sell all these kites? These custom. Custom handmade kite. And we're gonna call, wait. We're gonna call it kiting around. Kite. No. It's the kite of fashion. No. What is happening? Turn what on is on your Pacific heart kite? kite. Oh, Pacific oh, kite. <laughs> what does Melanie Griffith do besides annoy the shit out of she me in this movie? She is a former. Equestrian, and oh, she, so she's a horse girl. She injured her knee, horse and then girl. she Great. then Where did you went. Off? You guys, you, you just wrote this backstory the, yourself, didn't you? <laughs> and then, well, there's a point where she's showing, like, showing little girls how to ride horses. Yeah. So I presume that she teaches little girls to ride horses. What is it? Who picked these That's jobs? <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm just trying she's to figure out how they manager. met. <laughs> oh yeah, and the, and the chemistry between these two. Oh. Yeah, it was, it like, was just like Sandra Bullock and Jason Patrick in Speed Two. So oh, palpable. It, it was like the chemistry was alive. <laughs> and they're like banging on the floor or something. Where, where, oh, when are they banging on the drop cloth? And he's like, "Ooh, you smell like turpentine." <laughs> oh, yeah. And he's like, and then they're like making out. And, and then, then he there's says, these two. What's it like to be back in the saddle? And I'm like, and I didn't even know about the horse oh, thing. Yeah. And I'm like, what? What? Yeah. <laughs> was that when, like, when the two two women were watching them from like a window no, while was, they were banging? That, that was later. later. They were just they were smooching. Oh, they were that was smooching. Yeah. Susan Sarandon when she was rubbing lemon juice all over herself. Oh wait, that wasn't this movie. Was no, it? no, 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 no. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I have works in a kite yeah. shop. She's an equestrian trainer. 
Yeah. Question mark? Question, question mark. Yeah. She's an equestrian trainer? Yeah. No, I just talk that way. <laughs> yeah. I did find, well, I was pretty stoked when I saw an actual bike messenger with architectural tubes. Yeah, his, I saw and it. And I was yeah, like, hey, that's, and that's, that's a kind thing. of architecture and then, and it, then it was away. gone. <laughs> That's a thing in San Francisco, though. We used um, to use it a lot. Yeah, bike couriers for. Yeah, I, for I remember my first maybe year or two. We used bike couriers in downtown Portland, and then they've just they rode off into the sunset. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Greg Brady. Mm. Greg Brady. Yeah. So there's like a lot of noise and stuff coming from his apartment. A lot of banging and so and and Mako does not like it. No. Mako does not he like it. He don't take no jive. He, do, he takes no jive. And then he ends up... Oh, and then in Mako's apartment, oh. uh, cockroaches start Whoa. coming that, into their apartment. I had to Because their apartment's next door to Michael Keaton and Greg's apartment. Greg. Greg. You know what would have been interesting? To see Mako go in there and take action himself. I mean, they even had a scene of him practicing in I, the he, rain, he was pra- by the way. Yeah, he was practicing Tai Chi in the rain. This guy's a badass. Mm-hmm. And he I did mean, maybe nothing. He could rip his throat out. He did nothing to <laughs> Michael like Keaton. Delta. It's no wonder that place is infested, though. I mean, there, there was a heating grate in the floor that just went directly to the crawl space. Yeah. yeah. What <laughs> was that doing? Letting the rats in. <laughs> The no, are there cockroaches in San there, Francisco? I'm sure there is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let, let's be clear about this. Yeah. I've never dealt with cockroaches. I've never dealt with Michael cockroaches and Ants? cockroaches. Seriously. So, and you know, you used to eat them. Yeah. As Beetlejuice. No. Yes. And be one apparently. And <laughs> right. Now he just likes to share them with everyone else. Well, yeah, so while twirling a razor blade, what yeah, was that yeah. all about? That's that never came that? into play either, did it? <laughs> we just yeah. It, How do you not cut your fingers? I don't. He's sitting in his destroyed apartment, flip, flipping around a, ra- a razor blade with a cat. cat. Yeah, and, but it wasn't his cat. Was it? It was. It was their, cat? that stray cat that they sort of adopted. Brian right? Setzer. That... Yes. Okay. Um, but I thought for sure he was gonna like kill the cat, skin it, and like put it in front right. of his door like a doormat that would have been really fucking scary yeah but then it just instead he put cockroaches into Mako's apartment right that's and about then it then this guy named greg and greg. <laughs> let's not forget about greg and his monkey brother picture so they're having problems with uh michael keaton and greg and they <laughs> at this time melanie griffiths uh becomes uh pregos and then also during that time she miscarries too and that within a day, yeah, wasn't she it like is a day? up and ready to do right. Do her detective sleuthing, and um, I know we often talk about crapping out kids, but when you have a miscarriage, it is whether it's natural or not, you're still essentially giving birth. I mean, it's it's a nasty, horrible thing that happens. Not it's your body rejecting it. And you get cramps like there's nobody's business. And then there's days of recuperating from that. A lot of and blood. And it's just so much fucking blood. A lot of blood. And it's not just crying in the bathtub and being sad. It's like, it's some fucking serious shit. Yep. And it fucks with your brain like you would not believe. So, I mean, a lot of her behaviors, you could throw it on, like, the fact that she just had a fucking miscarriage. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would, I could see her crying in the car versus, like, hunting him down and watching him ride away on a yacht or, like, you know, mm-hmm. 
ordering things through room service. I was so fucking mad that they used that as a plot twist again. And we we talked about it in the other movie too. It's like that relationship yeah. is broken. Oh yeah, and it's like destroyed. this relationship. Oh, so, what no, the but the, fuck? But when he, when when uh, when uh, Melanie Griffith tells Eminem that she's pregnant, he just goes. Congratulations. Yeah, he was. <laughs> Congratulations. Was not thrilled That's about that. That's what he says to her. Right then and there, that relationship destroyed. Seriously. Absolutely <laughs> broken. That type of reaction, and you go, Congratulations. Like someone just ran a fucking marathon or something, uh, or someone just. Or like, I got promoted at my job at yeah, Starbucks. Yeah, congratulations. He says Thank it you. with there that type go. of. Yeah. That boy. Meaning. It was bad. Way to go. It was Good job, bad. Tiger. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And and so I also wrote this down because like it was a really it was one of those movies that was very easy to ignore and just think about the premise rather than the action on the screen. Apart from the fact that I was ready. I could pause it. I was thinking about the laundry downstairs that I needed to finish as I'm watching this. So I'm like, put it on pause. Well, after that, grab Mr. the laundry. Scene. Yeah. I go upstairs, get you put, you know, I sit in front of the TV, you fold the laundry and I'm like starting to fold it. I was like, oh, shit, that's right. I got to take notes while I watch this. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. And then as I'm doing it, I'm like, wait, they've never lived together, but they decide to purchase a multifamily home and manage it together and live in it together. Yes. That's the thing that I was shocked when they actually said boyfriend, girlfriend. They're not married in this movie. You would think that they're married in this movie, but they're just like, he's my boyfriend. And he that's shot my, my boyfriend. My boyfriend. <laughs> oh, I hate her. But uh, yeah, they're they're just boyfriend girlfriend. Yeah, I think it actually would have made it more interesting if they were married. I don't understand why right. they had to be boyfriend and girlfriend. It, it, made, it made you not a little more, other yeah. than hey, let's just liquidate and get out. You know, we'll just get out of it. It I mean, made you not care about them even more. I don't. know, For me, it was just there's like there's that point in the plot care. twist where she said, "Well, you are protected because you aren't hitched to his assets." Right. So he can't come after you, mm-hmm. but he could go after Drake. Who's Drake? Is that Eminem? Drago. Eminem. Okay. <laughs> now, think about, for just a moment, was this, was it really Matthew Modine? He was a bad man? I mean, what if it were switched around and it was really Matthew Modine that was like the bad guy? Like Angel Heart. Yeah. Yeah, it, it would have made, it, it, all would have made it more you interesting. Were doing yes. it all the time. You like went he, down there and trashed that like apartment. Like he self-inflicted it. That there was never this you guy. You killed Lisa Bonet. Yeah. Well, that would have been that would have given uh, Melanie Griffith motive to do whatever she wanted to do. Actually, mm-hmm. if they had been married and he was actually the villain, I think we can rewrite this, guys. I if I rewrote it, I would make that last act. The centerpiece of the movie where she goes down to L.A. and and kind of does the sleuthing. It was starting to get interesting. And then it just sort of like, oh, I'd like 100 bottles of champagne, please, and cancel the credit cards. And, you know, I'll see. You yeah, because Michael, Michael Keaton steals Matthew Modine's identity, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. And opens up credit cards right. and continues. And she finds the monkey brother picture. Yes, she finds the monkey brother picture. And some cash. Because <laughs> you cash as. There's a point where, like, Matthew Modine has a, a, a dream of some sort. Oh, I love that <laughs> with dream. With a sexy sax. With a sexy sax. <laughs> yeah. 
I it's, love that crazy dream. But that was awesome. But it went like, but it went like nowhere. You're right. It, did. it was just Why like. Why was that there? It was pointless. Just so he could wake up and go ah. It now if he had this dream, he'd been like you know sweaty and shirtless. Then I'd be like, hmm, all right then. Yeah, you just have Matthew Modine's hair in this movie. It's just like uh, luxurious. The dream. He is that so... got four, that got that got fifth billing after Mako, Modine's hair. hair. <laughs> I, he was very very so, attractive in this movie. He's like the approachable Crispin Glover. Are you talking about Mako now? <laughs> no. Oh yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> the thing. The thing. So the so my, um, Michael Keaton's character. They're they're causing all this havoc and all the. Uh, uh, cockroaches go into Mako's apartment and stuff like that. So Mako and his wife finally leave. The Watanabes. The Wat the Watanabes. And I swear and it was just like what they're they're like uh Mako goes, you know, we're leaving and he just goes, So sorry. And I was just like, hmm, I don't know. Why why so sorry? I was like, come on, really? Mako? Yeah. You're a, you're above this. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh He was a nice guy though. He wasn't gonna sue him. Yeah. So the cops come after they fight <laughs> because after, uh, what is it? After the miscarriage, uh, Michael Keaton goes uh, to their. Modine and Griffith, they live on the top floor of this house, right? Mm-hmm. In yes. the attic. In the attic. And M- Michael Keaton goes up to them and gives them like flowers yeah, or something some after, the, after the miscarriage. Yes. And says like, my condolences or something like that. Right. And I think Matthew Modine was the only one who actually showed legitimate emotion after that miscarriage. It's like you saw Melanie Griffith weep in the bathroom. And mm-hmm. that was it. That was it. She was done. Just it's like. Yeah, he I don't know. He had like, he had a huge lack of emotion in this movie. All he was, he just really hated Michael Keaton. That's <laughs> that was his only emotion. Was just it was just like, "Hi, I'm Matthew Modine." And then the other one is, "I'm mad." That's all he is through this whole movie. Matt? Yeah, he had a yeah. very short fuse. Matt. Yeah, and then so he beats the, beats the shit out of uh, Michael Keaton, which you know is just a ploy because you know Michael Keaton wanted him to beat the shit out of him. I figure he'd have like some serious brain damage by this. It's, he he gets some pretty good beatdowns in this movie the cops come so fast well he had dialed during this he really dialed 911 pre- before he pre-dialed oh okay i was like this is no <laughs> he way pre-dialed. he pre-dialed wait a minute i really want to hear what he would have said to the cops to get them there he didn't even they didn't even stop to ask what was going on who instigated they just saw matthew modine and put him in a car yeah no now i've they, seen cops co- cops are uninterested on a good day and I think they would have showed up and said like who are these two people fighting yeah, for start they wouldn't know who called and who didn't call right. from the so like if you said hey he's beating me up and they show up and there's two people bloody on the sidewalk they you'd you'd figure they'd first like sit everyone down okay what's going on right and right they tie everybody yeah hog tie everybody would get the zip ties is it that does Michael does he get a restraining order against uh, Matthew Modine or something yes. like that? Yeah. Five hundred feet. So he gets kicked out of his own house. Yes. Well, yes. Okay. I'm still trying to figure out how he had any legal leg to stand on without ever signing a lease. I I, I agree. I had yeah, no idea. That is suspicious. I've watched Judge well. Judy. I know. <laughs> you have to establish some kind of tenancy first. You can't just say, well, you know, this is where I'd like to be. And therefore, 
um, I have a legal right to well, it. It's it's funny because when the cops showed up, apparently this one cop knew everything about the laws. Right. And <laughs> I, I don't know how many cops you guys know, but <laughs> right, aren't very well versed on uh, renters' law. Yeah, of all things. But these cops actually showed up. I'm like important. Oh. Oh. By the way, after that first court case, um, did you guys get dizzy after the camera was spinning? Holy around? shit! What was that? Why was it spinning so much? What was this? Melanie Griffith and uh, Lori Metcalf are having a discussion in the rotunda outside the courtroom. Okay. And they put the camera on a dolly, that circle path, mm. and it just kept going around in a circle. I'm like, this isn't very. <laughs> It's not that kind of scene. Why are they? I'm, <laughs> it's I'm just sure, exposition. I'm Why sure do we need to that have the director of photography was like, oh, I got this great idea. We, this I've been wanting to make this shot for a long time, this and we're going to be going so flat. We're going to be in I'll the road. It it's going to be great. Just trust me. Trust Sl- me on this. Schlesinger is just like, okay, this movie's the tank. One of my next movies is going to be with Madonna. My career is not happening <laughs> at this point. So whatever. Let's just do whatever we can with this movie. I have very little notes beyond this. Monkey Brother. <laughs> <laughs> monkey Brother, Old White House. Oh, but you saw the pointy part headed where... Cretan. Yeah, and then he was like trying to hit on uh, Tippi Hedren. Tippi Hedren makes the uh, cameo in here. Melanie Griffith's mom. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Tippi Hedren from The Birds. Yes. Is the old yes. woman. She, she was the says mar- not uh, mark one word. for the last scam. Correct. And yes. she says nothing. Nothing. That's she's Tippi Hedren. That wasn't like his regular MO though. I mean the sort of the is that Well, she was rich. Yeah, but is it so is he gonna try to steal that house? I think he was just trying to get all the money. But he's got a certain way he does business. Hmm. His modus operandi, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> Did you when Melly when Melly Griffith is doing when she's doing her sleuthing and she's in the the hotel where she tracks down Michael Keaton after he stole Modine's identity. She does. Do you see how she like steals the chocolates? Yes, <laughs> yeah. I did. How she steals that. the chocolates. It's very uh, indecent proposal. I'm gonna put these chocolates. <laughs> right. Ladies love chocolate. They love chocolate. <laughs> I love chocolate. <laughs> I just love chugging. And then oh yeah, and then, oh I just love chugging, chugging chocolate. Um, <laughs> No, but so oh yeah, when when she takes the chocolate, this is it's supposed to be like an intense scene. She's trying to figure all this out. She takes the chocolate. There's this a little like Home Alone music after she takes the chocolate. It's like doo doo ding, something like that. Like, Where did this come from? Like, oh, I've had a this was a happy moment like two days ago, and just found out my boyfriend had his identity stolen after I'm going completely bankrupt. But girls are gonna be girls. Treat yourself. <laughs> ding. I just love chugging chocolate. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, this uh, this monkey brother, <clears throat> monkey brother. Uh, uh, Keaton ends up shooting Modine. He goes into the hospital. Uh, they end up evicting Modine. Uh, Ted Theodore Logan's dad from uh, Bill and Ted is the eviction guy. Comes in and the apartment's just completely destroyed. Yeah, and, it is ruined. Uh, and they track down uh, Keaton, and he comes back to the house. I don't remember why he comes back to the house, but then they have a final confrontation fight, and one of the weakest fucking ending like of a movie. You have this bad guy, and it's supposed to be this big intense scene. He falls on he falls on some pipes. 
Yeah, so again, Rob in his infinite wisdom, he only says like two or three things throughout watching this movie because he's very patient with my taste in music music and movies. Music and movies. <laughs> Seriously, Weird Al, Roberta. What? Um, but all he says to me is, that death would have taken hours, if not days. Absolutely. <laughs> it was like a pipe that went through like... A kidney. A kidney, yeah. yeah. I was like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding? He would have. I mean, there'd be renal failure, but that takes a while before you die. I I would have preferred it if he hadn't died, but they had really destroyed him. I keep saying that, I yeah. know, but it would have been way better if they'd made that module of the movie more of the centerpiece than you know. Just I don't know. It just seemed like so it's boring. Really so how like, like it you, just didn't. It didn't. It didn't need to be made. They're just like, ooh, 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 we got to finish this. How are we doing this? How are we doing this? How are we wrapping that up? Go, 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 go. One, two, three. Give me ideas. But, I mean, you remember when everyone had those shitty portable TVs? Mm-hmm. 13-inch Trinitron I know. Something? Everything looked like an art installation when you had those. <laughs> yeah, I thought this movie was going to be over after the hotel. And that was like, it was done. Because Michael Keaton was running forever. Mm-hmm chasing by the way that was an insanely long uh, how, <laughs> how did he even know she loud he <laughs> like, could, that guy like, can run fast he's still running <laughs> he kept up with that cab for a long and time and she looked worried like oh he's gonna catch up with me in the a thing car is, she had no he had no idea where she was yeah he never saw her get into that car they never made eye contact through when she was in the car and he was trying to find her he had no idea what car she was in but he kept running down the street like a fucking maniac yeah. And it went on too long. Yeah. Like this whole movie. Mm-hmm. But we have to, we do need to talk about architecture a little bit. Please. As that is the whole point Wait, of what? this movie. Wait, what? podcast. Who <laughs> blamed um, So the interior of it. Now, granted, I have had my share of rentals. And yes, I understand. We paint everything white because then people can then visualize their crap in the space, the quote-unquote vanilla box. But I think they took it a bit far in this case. You saw her wish with, with swatches and yeah. wallpaper at one point, but then nothing happened with it, right? I don't know. No. Yeah, okay. No. No. It was all white. And usually when you have tenants, the reason why you put down shitty carpet is so that you don't hear them moving around all the time. And clomp, mm-hmm. clomp, clomping on the floor. Mm-hmm. That whoever lived in that front apartment would have gone insane just hearing people come in and out of the door all, yeah. all the time, and then walking down the hall. Yeah. <laughs> Especially the Watanabe's. Well, I well I, I mean, well, Michael Keaton was in that front apartment, and he is insane, That's so that true. wouldn't bother him. <laughs> so there you but go. Mako, on the other hand, could not take it. Rats coming <laughs> right. up through the one night of construction. Grate. He's out. He's out. Peace out. Well. <laughs> That place was a death trap. I mean, one nail and they blacked out the whole building. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's that, like, true. Embedded that's right. in the plaster or something? That doesn't seem realistic. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, there was like there, there was sparks flying and uh, not between Melanie Griffith and Matthew Modine, but actual sparks flying out of that wall and he just goes down there and like flips the switch like, "Okay, it's all safe now." It, Let me pull it the would nail have been out. way funnier if they had like concentrated on the renovation. They just got rid of Michael Keaton completely and just like this couple is going to make a go at renovating this old house. Oh, oh, and... oh, oh. Wait a second. What? That sounds a lot like the money pit. 
<laughs> Hey-oh. Oh, have I got a movie for you. <laughs> and they weren't married either, but they purchased a very large expensive I was just waiting home. for Bob Vila to show up. Well, maybe, maybe what happened is they started making this movie first. Oh. And then they were like, but Money Pit beat him to the punch. And it's mm. like, oh, damn, Tom Hanks just did this movie. Yeah. What are we going to do? We need to, someone. We got to spend Tom, four years redeveloping this script and it's going to be like shit. Tom Hanks that's funny and sarcastic. Who's a good draw these days? No, I think they were making <laughs> it in, in a parallel. And then at some point they were like, oh, we can't do that. We got to abandon this. And Michael Keaton said, I got an idea. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to put on like that pale lipstick. Yeah, really, like, like, like pluck my eyebrows up high in and a really say, like nefarious arch. The worst part is over now. <laughs> Wait, this reminds me of something my monkey brother told me. My monkey brother. <laughs> that's it. I think that's the the two th- takeaways from this movie is don't ever ever become a landlord, and two, if you ever find a picture with two little boys <laughs> around a monkey, <laughs> run. That's it. Run very fast. Well, we didn't have an architect associated with this movie. No, we did not. So how do we evaluate? Should we say, would we want to move into this apartment? Would we want Matthew Modine and Melanie to be our landlords? How do you want to rate it? Would you ever want to be a landlord? Would you want to be the landlord? How do you want to rate this one? Oh, my God. Um, No, well, the question to the landlord, no. Absolutely not. No, don't ever become a landlord. Don't do it because you deal with people like Michael Keaton and you might have a really great tenant like my friend Mako. Right. But other than that, the don't, don't, don't do it. <laughs> Run away. Now, would you like Matthew Modine and Melanie Griffith to be your landlords? Um, Modine, yes. Um, the hair is luxurious and billowing. So silky. Um, but Melanie Griffith, that just come on, how could anyone be be around her for that long? I mean, An- Antonio Banderas has to be dumb. They divorced. I know they did, but he was with her for a long time. What about Don Johnson? Don, yeah, I mean that Don there Johnson. Don Johnson wrecked her. <laughs> it's true. That's all I have to say about oh, that. Boy. Dione, would you want Melanie Griffith and Matthew Modine as your landlord? Um, in San Francisco, maybe actually, he seems like a pushover, so yeah, that's true. Yeah, as I far agree. as landlords go, well, and like it was cheap, yeah, they really like they didn't know anything about renters' laws, so you could totally lie to them and you'd be set if you were really quiet, like the Watanabis. They could have been serial killers for all we know, <laughs> they were so quiet and unassuming. They're like, Oh, they're cockroaches, help me. Mm-hmm. I think they were in cahoots. Mako is a good man. Leave <laughs> him alone. Vincent? No. I would hire Melanie Griffith to track down the parts for my broken sex robot in the Badlands. <laughs> <laughs> but I would not want her as my landlord. <laughs> Damn your face, uh, Vincent J. Why Korea. couldn't we just watch Cherry 2000? <laughs> because. Why? Why couldn't we just because watch it? Because Dione wanted us to watch this movie. <laughs> Do Cherry 2000. <laughs> um, ooh, so we've got our game. Uh, so, um, Dead. It's, uh, well, I know. 
Now, in light of recent news, normally I'll do a design firm or dot, dot, dot. And you tell me, you know, is it a design firm or, you know, furniture from Ikea? Or is it a science fiction movie? This time, um, there's recent news that a architect by the name of Richard Meyer was recently <gasps> um, accused of being a sexual predator by three women who have worked for him. And um, it's coming to light that, you know, their stories are very valid. So today I wanted to maybe open up a discussion, maybe, maybe, you tell me, um, about is a design firm or a lawsuit waiting to happen? <laughs> um, so three, yeah, three women have come forward for accusing him of inappropriate behavior in the workplace. So I'll ask each of you individually, you give me your opinion. I'll start with Vincent J. Do you think Richard Meyer behaved the way he did because they're women and Meyer is exhibiting gender bias or is it because he's a fucking gross old man? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's not either or. That doesn't have to cancel each other out. Mm. Maybe I worded the question a little too easily what? for answer. <laughs> but I mean, it's something that happens in 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 the industry and maybe... Um, being the token woman in the room, um, well, that there's a gender bias, especially when you're talking about architecture specifically, not interiors included it, in the mix. I, 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 it is a gender bias, but there's also a power bias. And this happens in other industries. And you see that why powerful people in other industries also exhibit the same behavior is because you have to be such a dickhead to get to celebrity level as an architect mm, or as sorry. a movie producer Absolutely. that you that you just don't have any problem taking care of just treating people like trash or Absolutely. You, know. you don't get to these high super level positions a notoriety you know, who, who, whatever industry it and if you're the top of the top and everyone in the world knows who you are you're going to you're going to step on people along the way to get there you're going to be a lot, a of, lot people. of people and you're going to do a lot of bad things because it is n you have to do that to get to where these people are at. That is absolutely a given that these people are are pieces of shit. But that's really horrific. I don't care what the fuck it. people say about Tom Hanks and how nice he is. There's got to be some stuff that he's done in his past to get to where he's at. It's not because he's a brilliant actor. There's things that people do. He murders hobos. That's one of them. <laughs> and we have proof. And on next episode, we're going to show the world Hanks. about Tom Hanks. Mm -hmm. With nail um, No, but, but to your point, Vince, is that, you know, to get to that, you know, to get to that level, you're going to do some bad things and you're going to leverage your power to get what you want. And that's what's going to happen. So if it were reversed, if this was a woman, Richard Meyer, Richardina Meyer. Rachel Meyer. Richardina. Ra Rachel Meyer. Richardina Meyer. Would it be, I mean, because really there's only been one female architect of note who has reached that level of notoriety and she mm -hmm. died recently of heart failure. Suspicious. She was, yeah, I know. Maybe it was Richard Meyer. Was it a broken heart? <laughs> Well, uh, but like if it were reversed, do you think that, you know, she would be stepping on people, exposing her breasts to others to show that, hey, well, I can do this? Well, she might be doing stuff like that to get to back people into an uncomfortable position mm -hmm. where you just, you know, you what you're what it's. I think there's some sexual gratification going on, but the real gratification is kind of treating people like shit so that you're like, hey, I am. 
I'm on this plane and and all so these people. So he was just people. doing this to women because he just <sighs> because he could because he had he was in yeah. a position of power. I mean, it's not always sexual, but I mean, it could be. It's right. always harassment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know how y'all feel if you showed up for a meeting and it was just you and your boss and he was wearing a robe or a with hand nothing towel. on underneath and he just like it's wide open and like. Hey, I got a crick in my shoulder. Can you can you rub it out for me? Got my penis out. What's Did going on? Did you say on? rub it out? Yeah, I said rub it out. <laughs> but it's the first architect to come forward. I mean, it or not forward, but it's the first time it's come to light. And I know it's it's happened. It's happened. It's happened locally quite a bit. But we don't talk about it. Especially ladies don't talk about it. And a lot of these women that worked under Richard Meyer said that they would not say anything because they would get fired. One of them claims mm-hmm. that she was let go as an intern because she told someone. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think there's a couple things going on in in the movie industry. People get into this business and they get into compromised positions because there was a like you have to do this to get through. You're going to have to deal with Harvey. To, to get this movie to get your breakout you so have you to get... make out with Michael Keaton on screen with your boobs well, flying well, out in order so, to get the part something yes hey, Beverly but... D'Angelo ended up hooking up with the... Al Pacino so she doesn't really have that high of the, the thing is in <laughs> architecture architecture and design there are a lot of creative people and they might get into these positions and say you know what this fucked up industry is not worth doing this for I'm going to go do something else because hmm. you, you kind of you have to go into it with some creativity and some education, hmm. so it's it's easier to make a make a transition. Yeah, I I just say you know people you know hu- human man woman or whatever anyone who gets in position of power, people get greedy and they try to leverage whatever power they have to get what they want, be it sexual or you know harassing. So. It happens uh, to you again, Vince. We beg you to speak up. Please talk don't, about don't, this. don't, don't hold it in like you have been. Yeah, I mean, you, know, I you myself, break out and you start. I wish, man. I'm not going to get all me too about it, but I <laughs> right. had a situation where uh, during the downturn, the dot com downturn, I was laid off from my job. I didn't know many people in Portland. I took the first job I was offered. Mm-hmm. It was the sole proprietorship. It was just me and this old guy on the top floor of a building. And it was just really uncomfortable, especially when he started to ask me about that. I was with, you know, I was dating Rob at the time and he was like, oh, well, you don't know anything about marriage. Like, yeah, I do. I was married before, but we separated. He's like, oh, the folly of youth. You guys will just, you know, come and go as you please. And I was like, no, we divorced for reasons, you know, it was amicable. You know, and and there was a a point where I told he kind of teased it out of me. And I said, oh, you know, my husband likes men as well. And he's like, oh, so he's a. Yeah. F word. I don't like saying the word. And then he started telling me about how he and his ex-wife had a very sexual relationship. And he wanted to know more details about my relationship with my ex-husband from a sexual point of view. Mm-hmm. Which I would never engage in that conversation with a female boss, let alone a man I had known for less than a week. And he was just a dirty, old, creepy man. And he would like look over my shoulder when I would draft. And then it was just like... I could not handle it. Yeah. Rub your shoulders. It was oh, so terrible. Really and I couldn't talk about it with anyone because it was just me and this guy. And like the second I said something to, I quit, obviously. 
Um, after five years. After no, I was only there a month. <laughs> and three promotions. I was <laughs> and a couple raises. I know. You know the I benefits. Love, the benefits were so good. I just couldn't let them go. Yeah. Well, no, I actually quit, and he was like, "Well, I just don't think women are cut out for this this line of work. It's too much of a pressure cooker." So I could see why you wouldn't be able to do this this job. And um, and I remember quitting, and then um, when I had to go to the unemployment office or the employment office to ca- to see if I could qualify for benefits, they were like, "Well, it's your word against his," and he says that he didn't do anything, and unless you have some kind of tangible evidence, you're going to have to just walk away from this and not say anything. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, what what can I do? And I feel like these women, it's like exact, it's like they're finally speaking up because, like everyone has you all have said and nodded heads with it's like these guys in power just get that way by stepping on people but they finally have said no you're not going to step on us anymore this is bullshit well i I think what jeff is saying is true though because i worked for a woman in town who is notorious for being witchy Mm -hmm. and she would i mean and i said it some people want employees and some people just want butlers you know they exactly. she just wanted people to like be jump, it sexual or not it's they're, around they're and push you around be uncomfortable when you come in the room mm-hmm. and that was that that was what she was doing it for and it was a small company she had talent and could have run it like a big company but she wanted to she wanted minions she wanted minions she wanted to control people it's creepy mm. it's creepy point is life's too short don't so, deal don't deal with that speak up I guess we can say that in this case, it's because Richard Meyer is exhibiting gender bias and he's a fucking gross old man. Short answer, yeah. yes. Well, how about it? That's a, that's the abbreviated answer. <laughs> and everyone speak up. Everyone. Holy fucking shit. Please speak up. Mm. Man, this got serious. I know. Sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. Not sorry. Seriously cool, man. What? We got all topical. Go team. <laughs> yeah. Tell us how great we are or how you feel about Richard Meyer, maybe. Info at starkitectspodcast.com. Info at starkitectspodcast.com. Next time we meet, and I know maybe maybe it's because I know about what the movie is next time. I would call it Roberta's contribution to this season as Jeff's was to interiors. Mine is My Architect. So the movie is about um, Nathan, Nathan, Nathaniel? Nathan? I don't know. Uh, Louis Kahn's son explores uh, the life of his father as uh, sort of the uh, disenchanted son. Does this movie have Mako in it? (laughs) (laughs) I'm hoping there's Tai Chi. I hope to God. Or a failed suicide attempt. Because I'm already falling asleep at this my architect. It's going to be he's, a riot. Is this like a, is this like a, like a, like a family? This he's is a my architect. Do, do, do. Is, is this a road movie? It's a documentary. Oh. Eric okay. Lee. <laughs> what? Guys? No. Eric Lee recommended it. I say we watch Interiors again. Because he said that we were getting Two. far off script, especially with Roadhouse. I agree. Now, Pacific Heights didn't even have any architectural drawings. Roadhouse at least had schematics. Pacifically. Oh boy. It doesn't even have James Spader in it. God, this movie Pacific Heights should have had like James Spader in it. That's like that's like a Modine Spader. It's totally interchangeable. That would have been 
some serious cast. Then it would have been Michael Keaton playing a, a, the bad guy and James Spader playing just James Spader being creepy. The guy that you hate. The hate. Exactly. With or without wig. Uh, this would, no, this would be with, with the No, I, with I'd the want pelt. like a full-on pretty in pink James Spader. Yeah. Like the the douchey dickhead yeah, James Spader. Yeah, because Modine's hair is what made him lovable. It's a vision. He still looks good. Of sorts, you could say. <laughs> he still looks fantastic. He does. He does. He's, he's aged very well. Yeah. All right. That's it. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Starkitects is a Pinzac production. Executive producers, Roberta Pennington and Jeff Walensky. Logo by Joel Walensky. Technical direction by Tom Navarez. Music by Better is the Enemy. Your reviewers today were Vince Scalia, Jeff Walensky, and Roberta Pennington. Your Starkitect, Dione Lopez. Opinions of this show are solely those of the reviewers and not intended to be followed as professional advice or service. Me, I'm Eliza Allen, and I'm done. <laughs>